Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. I'm down in San Jose, California, and Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. And we'll also talk to Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager Keith Gretzky, who runs the farm team. We've got some uh, injury uh, tweaks and things to discuss with the Bakersfield Condors, who are going to make the playoffs in the Pacific Division. Um, and we'll discuss the ongoing progression with the likes of guys like Stuart Skinner, uh, Marcus Niemelainen. Dylan Holloway, players of that ilk as well. Brennan, you just give me the good word. Let me know when we're good to go. Uh, we'll tell you. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, you'll find this text interesting from Al. Al says, Connor and Leon get their points in a weaker conference and division. You could knock off 40% of their point total if they played in the Eastern Conference. That is what Al has to say. Well, Al, we'll just take a look here to see who does what. Let's just take a look at goals against per game. The goals against per game. Hmm. Okay. So, Al, you're suggesting that the weakest teams in the conference and the places you can put up the four worst defensive teams, Al, in the National Hockey League are Detroit, Montreal, Columbus, and New Jersey. Al, do you know which four teams, uh, which conference those four teams play in? Al? Detroit at 3.86 goals against per game. And they have really hit the skids here. They were actually a decent team halfway through the year, but they're just, I don't know if they've quit or what. Montreal at 3.77 goals against per game. Columbus, who can score, but they're at 3.74 goals against per game. And New Jersey's at 3.68. The only uh, Western Conference team that is in the bottom six of goals against is Arizona, who's in the Central Division. They're at 3.55 goals against per game. Philadelphia is the sixth worst uh, defensive team in the NHL at 3.51. So five of the six teams that are the worst defensive teams in the NHL play in the East. You don't think that's maybe inflated the points totals of some of the guys in the Eastern Conference? I get it, Al, if you're saying some of the best teams are in the East. I would agree. But some of the easiest teams to put up points against based on the numbers would suggest it is the Eastern Conference, Al. All right, 780-496-0063. Has our package arrived, Mr. Escott? It hasn't, actually. A few phone calls later, so I wonder what he's up to. Okay. Do you want me to send him a quick text? Have you sent him a quick text? I'll fire one off. Did I did I screw off or did I screw <laughs> did I screw up today and did I send him the wrong time and the wrong day? I wonder if that's what happened. Uh, now I'm going to have to. No, uh, that's going to be too hard to do on the fly. Brendan, I'm going to let you work your magic here. Okay? <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. 
because if I go out of this app and get into my text messaging, I'm going to knock us right off the air, which many listening to the show right now would say is a really good thing. Again, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Bob, awesome job of telling it like it is to Al. Well, uh, this texter comes in saying, I bet Al wishes he didn't know how to text. I just, the, the suggestion that McDavid and Dreisaitl's point totals would be 40% lower if they played in the East, when five of the six worst defensive teams in the NHL are in the East, that's part of the reasons why, in my opinion, and, and look, scoring has gone up this year. There's And thankfully, because we all like offense. We liked the home run chase in baseball back in the 90s, even though the guys were juiced. We love college football ever since they went to the spread option, spread option offense and tempo, which got copied a bit at the NFL level. We like the fact that you can't hit the quarterback late anymore and that the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 1970s, that their cornerbacks can't sit there and tackle receivers five yards down the field. We like offense, and we like that scoring has gone up too. Uh, now, uh, here we go. I think the 40% less points for 97 and 29 might have come from L. Koholik. Put down the bottle, L. Ouch. There you go. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, the sky is the limit for Yesapola Yarvi. His defensive play and puck pursuit is what the owners don't have enough of. And the and for the analytic crowd, he's number one in Corsi and high danger chances for just saying for Roland. This is an interesting one because I have people that's, you know, and sometimes, like, here's the thing. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl want to win. That is what they want the most. So they want players around them that can help them win. And as Poliarvi grows and matures, where is he going to go? What's this? Now, what has thrown a little bit of a wrinkle into things, I'll be frank with you, is Evander King. Because if you're watching Edmonton, and I know you are if you're listening to a show. It's pretty hard to ignore 16 goals, 28 points, and 31 games plus 16 for Vander Kane. Right? Like it was sort of just an automatic that you would, you know, you got, and then Yamamoto's taken a step forward. Seven goals, 15 points last 13 games. There's, there's a way the Oilers can keep Kane, Pulleyarvi, and Yamamoto. Okay? There is a way. All the while keeping RNH as the third line center. Obviously, you got Hyman, McDavid, and Drysettle here as well. That way results in some creativity further down the lineup with the forwards and possibly with a D in time. And you can get creative to make that happen. Uh, Brandon from Windsor says, Bob, typical Leafs fan, Al, spewing nonsensical stats regarding... uh, things. Hey, uh, Bob, why don't you ask Al about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner's point totals? Are they 40% lower than last year? Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> they're performing quite. Mitch, like, here's the deal Austin Matthews is one hell of a player. He's a great finisher. And Mitch Marner's a terrific playmaker. And those guys are a wonderful tandem. I do think if you take a look at scoring this year, it's up. And the separation between the haves and the haves-nots in the Eastern Conference this year has been overwhelming. 
And again, five of the six worst defensive teams in the NHL, the teams that get scored on the most, are in the East. That would suggest that you can put up points against those teams. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. They call Pugliarvi the slot shot protector in Toronto. Justin Bourne has written two-plus articles on him now. If he was given PK time, he'd be a a Selkie finalist based on advanced sets. Uh, For the texter, can you send me a link to that? Please, I'd like that. Again, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that. Uh, you can keep texting us at 780-496-0063. Bob, what about the extra travel in the West? L is way off. That comes to us from Shep in Sylvan Lake. Uh, extra travel. I think the travel affects the goalies the most. Like, I, here's, I think you can suggest that maybe five of the seven teams in the league are in the East. Is that fair? This is, this is going to be hard for people to hear. But, I mean, Colorado's got the best record in the NHL. 754 winning percentage. Right? Uh, Florida, Carolina. We'll do it by points percentage. It's the easiest way to do it. Florida, Carolina. Toronto's got the, uh, Toronto's tied with Tampa Bay. And then the Rangers. So, you, so five of the six best teams based on winning percentage are in the East. But five of the six worst defensive teams are in the East. So maybe those teams that are at the higher end of the, and those are good teams, they light up those bad teams in the East and it drives up some numbers and drives down the goals against numbers. Now that said, Minnesota's got decent, uh, and the Flames until recently were top five or six in the league in terms of winning percentage. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, everybody belittled the Canadian division last year. You'd recall, and then the four seed out of the Montreal Canadian, you know, out of the Canadian division, the Montreal Canadians went to the Stanley Cup final. So we shall see. One fifteen in Edmonton. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Haji says, Bob, the Oilers' recent play represents exactly what I thought the team would be entering the season. Lots of offense, mostly reliable defense, with question marks and goaltending. They will likely finish second, as predicted. And despite your early intimating that the lack of truculence would be addressed throughout the season. Team toughness still remains an issue from Haji. Haji, i got to be frank with you, and I've said this to Ken Holland directly. I I think the one question mark of the trade deadline was, you know, should, should Edmonton have added some muscle? I would have been inclined to do so. I'm not the general manager of the team. The asking prices were what they were. And I think it's fair to say it, it might become an issue come playoff time. I, th- I think may- just because of the way games get managed in the playoffs. 116, Brendan, we're going to step out for a moment here and we'll work on continuing the show down this path on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Thanks for all the text and the Ashley Fine for text line. I want to tell you, Japanese Village at 119 is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. Uh, we're going to make a uh, switch on the Oilers Radio Network side. Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports is going to join us. We'll work to get Rob Brown on later on the week. Hello, Reed. How you doing? Yeah, I'm only 200-and-something goals behind Rob Brown career, but thanks for having me on, Bob. How are you doing, buddy? How's San Jose? 
Uh, it's okay. Hey, I lack the speed, talent, agility, and coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to play in the Western League. Now, there were only 12 teams back then, but still, wasn't good enough. All right, we're on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino open 24-7, zero restrictions, excitement, bet on it. Reed, we're going to do some quick hitters on the Oilers. First of all, Al texted the show to say that McDavid and Drysaddle would have 40% fewer points if they played in the Eastern Conference. I did mention that five of the six worst defensive teams in the NHL are in the East. Is that because those those teams play in the East, or is that because those teams are bad teams? And do you buy or go against the best teams? And do you buy the synopsis that they'd have 40% fewer points if they play in the East? Well, obviously not. I mean, to, to be as polite as possible, Al's text is absurd. I mean, they're not 60-point players. If you take off 40% of the points. Yeah, you know, it's interesting talking about the conference comparison. Um, you know, our, our colleague Shea Ganim is a, a Boston Bruins fan, and he's, uh, you know, touts uh, Marchand and Bergeron and says, well, look at the, those high-end teams in the East and how hard they are to play against. But you're right. I mean, New Jersey is quite poor. I mean, they, they basically... I mean, they they blew a six-two lead on the weekend. They Florida really only had to play a period to beat them. Um, I, I know you mentioned Montreal and a couple of the other teams that are they're in the bottom. If the playoffs is going to decide it, the Stanley Cup final is ultimately going to decide it when you have a seven-game series between the two winning teams of the conference. It, it's hard to like. I, I, if I were to list the top five Stanley Cup contenders in my mind, Bob. I think three of them would be out of the East, and two of them would be out of I'd the have West. Four. I'd have You'd even four. have four. So there, so there you go. So, so maybe for that reason, you'd, you'd say the East is a little bit stronger at the very top. Um, but uh, yeah, does, is that is it, that does help them to play some teams that are clearly uh, rebuilding or? not even rebuilding just mired in years and years of being not very good but i i, I would it, it, say i would have carolina florida tampa bay colorado calgary as my top five contenders not necessarily in that order but those would be my top five yeah calgary might have a better playoff team than toronto uh and toronto's in the wrong division i don't think you can dismiss boston either uh, or can you ever dismiss Pittsburgh? Here's here's what I would say is things are so I have a theory and I know this from and it might sound like a lame comparison, but I have been in a analytics driven uh, fantasy hockey pool since 1988. And when teams make the decision in that pool, and it's a heritage pool, so you keep your players year to year and sign them under contract and all this kind of stuff. This pool has been around so long that one of the guy's sons has played in the NHL and retired. And he had a lengthy <laughs> NHL career. Right. Okay? I think I know who that so, is. Yes. So, well, there's one of two guys you can figure out who it is. Not the one connected to the U of A. We'll get to that in a second. But what okay. happens is when teams make the decision to cash in their chips, they go side. So what happened in the East this year is the playoff spots were so delineated between the haves and the have-nots that you had eight teams that were just out of it at Christmas. And it took longer for that to evolve in the West, which meant you had a lot of free nights against the bottom teams in the East. And that's, that is what happens. And that's why I knew that the Oilers were going to have success against specifically the Pacific Division. The surprise has been Los Angeles. Todd McClellan's done a great job. So that's, I just don't buy it that 40%. That's, that, that's crazy. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's an extreme number. That's such an extreme number, Bob. And, and I yes. still don't really understand. And I do think it's a small percentage of fans and not, it's not just Oilers fans. 
fans, but people who look at the most talented players in the league and have to find ways to say, well, they're actually not that good. Like, some guys are that good. Enjoy it, whether they're Oilers or other players. Austin Matthews is the best American player in the world, and it's not even close, and he's probably second, third, or fourth best player in the NHL. So deal with it. The Oilers, what we're witnessing, Reed, with McDavid and Dreisaitl over these last three years, it's been unbelievable when you think about it, isn't it? Well, I mean, they consistently produce points. They don't just do it together when they're on the ice together. And five on five, they haven't been together a lot this year. Sure, they benefit from being on the power play together. Most uh, high-scoring players over their careers have had a running mate or two, either as a line mate or on the man advantage. And and they continue to do it even though much of the opposition is geared every night towards saying okay we got to slow down mcdavid okay we got to try to get on top of dry title and not let him use his strength and his passing ability and they're still able to produce so and i mean if you look at it bob they're not quite at the halfway point of their careers probably i mean they're still getting into their late 20s here where sometimes players become even better all around and and more complete as you move along so yeah i mean it but again it's playoffs now right i, I mean the naysayers are going to say you won in seven sure. in the last two playoffs fair enough eventually you got to do it in the postseason but production and consistency you can't argue with it all right let's switch focus to a program that you and me both care about and maybe it's self-indulgent on our part that sucked last night for the Golden Bears hockey team, didn't it? Well, first of all, I, I don't think it is self-indulgent because the, the one thing I've, I've learned over the course of my life is that hockey program does matter to people. And not everybody can go to every game. Um, you know, obviously, unfortunately, the, the pandemic wiped out last season and, and maybe made, it, made some people hesitant to go this year, but the crowds were incredible. It was encouraging to see. So I do think it's a program that matters. And even if people can't watch every game or follow as closely as they like, I think they know the importance of the Golden Bears in the community, the tradition they have, and that it is something on the sports scene in Canada uh, that Edmonton is identified with, even for people who aren't huge U sports fans or maybe any huge hockey fans, they know, oh yeah, the U of A has, always has a good hockey team. So I do think it's important, and I do think it's it's beyond just you and me talking about over the years, Bob. But yeah, the results sucked. I mean, <laughs> it hurts to, to be up 4-2, and um, you know, the Oilers were sort of in control of that game. At uh, times, I found myself watching more of the Bears game, and power play early in overtime, uh, I think it was Paul and Chuck that had a chance from the slot that, that Gravel goalie grabbed it, and maybe they, the Bears didn't have a of grade a chances but they had the puck a lot more they were around the net and this overtime wore on bob and then you've seen more games at nationals than i have uh, i, I kind of felt like is this happening again is this happening where they're going to outshoot a team favors the ups favors yeah. the upsets tournament favors Which, the upsets and, and look i as you know right. i pushed for that format i pushed for the single elimination format I wanted a quarter and a semi. I thought the two pools of three was too confusing, but the final was a single-game playoff anyway. Uh, UQTR got the goal. I mean, credit to them. We talked about it last night. They had to survive a double overtime game just to get there. But, I mean, it's tough for the Bears program. I mean, they were elite all year, and they don't play the the players – I mean, I talked to uh, Clayton Kurchenko, the captain, last week, and it was clear they don't play to have a solid season. 
and finish third in Canada West. That might be considered victories for some teams. They don't play to go to nationals. There's one goal. There's one. There's one plateau of success yeah. for that program. Now that makes it tough because it's the hardest step to get to. But but that's the goal. So I know all those guys are probably being pretty deflated that day. They're not sitting there and saying, "Well, we made it to the national final. We're one shot away." They're they're lamenting they didn't finish that shot. So I, I feel for them, but nonetheless, I mean I mean I give Herbers and Marple and all the players a lot of credit this season because it was a pretty awesome team. Free Rivers goalie finished with a nine fifty nine save percentage in three games. Uh, Carey Price did that to the Leafs last year, final three games. The orders went up Connor Hellebuck was nine fifty in the four games against Edmonton in the four game sweep. That's the unfairness of hockey is how much goaltending matters. Put it this way, the Alberta Golden Bears in their final seven games, their four playoff games, they swept Calgary, swept UBC, won the first two games at Nationals, lost 5-4 in double overtime yesterday. Read they outscored teams 41-13 to in those seven games, and they didn't win the national title. That bites. Uh, hey, what do you got coming tonight on Inside Sports? Uh, Drew Remenda is going to hop on. Uh, we will have some reaction from uh, important U of A people. I think Dave is still uh, working on that. And, of course, uh, I think the Oilers is it, it half an hour. They're on the ice, Bob. So we'll have uh, yeah, some audio yeah, and storylines for practice yeah. today. Yeah, Awesome stuff. That is Reed Wilkins. Hey, thanks for pinch, uh, pinch hitting on short notice. Thanks for having me. You bet that's Reed Wilkins. It's 129 at Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update. Keith Gretzky, Bakersfield Condors assistant GM, when we return in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.